0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. We're back on our normal night. Me, Paul Fontaine, what was that? Oh. Alongside Ryan J. Frederick. And uh, Ryan, we're coming off a big UFC pay-per-view. Um, I, you know what? This card, and we'll get into it in a little while, but... I, uh, this is like maybe the first card outside of that, like awesome match. Like this, this was the first one that for me kind of felt like a chore to get through. I don't know about you. It was, maybe it was just cause I watched it late.
1: Yeah. But I, I gave you, cause you, you didn't watch it live, but I, I, I sent you that message about like, this is a long show. And I mean, it was almost yeah. 2, 2 AM in Jacksonville by the time it ended, but it was, it was, it was good. There was just, it was, it was very long. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah there's yeah. nights like
1: this and but uh yeah yeah just the uh, main
0: card was the, great. the main card the main card was real good i, I think it was the prelims that kind of got me and i didn't see your message until after because i was i was trying to avoid spoilers yeah, yeah i did i managed to avoid spoilers so um but yeah it was uh but i mean you know what i mean even a you know a, an an average ufc is still is still a good night and uh um, yeah, and and you know what else is I've been watching. You want to talk about long? I've been watching a lot of baseball. Uh, my Jays are back, and uh, I'm uh, I, I watch every single pitch of every game. So I had to pause the game I was watching to to record this. So no spoilers. But you know, Jays were up two nothing in the sixth inning uh, when I paused it. So they had a, they uh, had it's a looking fun, pretty good for them this year. They had a fun weekend against my local Rangers they did that first game oh my god it was like 7-1 That's... i think for the for the rangers and they came back to win and then the the rangers came back yesterday it was 6-1 jays and they came back to win 12-6 yeah uh yeah it, it was a wild weekend um, but we're here to talk about, uh, UFC and as, as always, we're going to start off with our, we got to talk about segment and we had a few things and, and we'll get into all of them, but I think the big one we got to talk about is what everybody was talking about this weekend is, uh, Kamzat Chemayev. And, uh, you know what, like leading up to this show, I, you know, he was kind of overshadowing the main events and, uh, and then he goes out and, uh, and delivers and I mean, they got some big plans for him, don't they?
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, I, you know, I was, I, I was fully aboard the hype train after the Lee Li liang fight. I still, but I also still, if you remember, said that I didn't. Like this matchup, and mm-hmm. but they went ahead and made it, and you can't you can't go backwards now. I mean, they probably should go backwards a little bit, a little bit because that's not saying. I mean, have had a great fight, but uh there's a lot of questions about him because uh, about it coming out of coming out of it. You know, his conditioning, his you know, but uh, Burns put in a hell of a perform. Performance, you know. So uh, I mean, but Burns blasted him a few times, and he ate those punches, punches well. But and that probably drained a lot of his conditioning. But but he answered a lot of questions, and then a lot more questions are coming coming. And I mean, I don't, you know, they want to book him against Colby Covington next. I don't know that that's a great idea right now, but uh, that's probably where it's headed. And then after that, a title shot if he wins that. And uh, I. It's too, like I said, it's too late to slow him down. But he had a hell of a showing, and that was a great fight. I, it was my personal favorite fight of the year so far.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I agree. Like I, I, from I was thinking about the Covington fight as I was watching this fight, and you know, thinking like, how would this go if it was Covington in there? And I just like I, I see Covington just almost taking him down at will Um, and then, you know, just smothering him. And I don't know that, you know, like it would be, he'd be like a kind of a lesser version of Kamara Usman at this point, but what we got to remember that he's like, He's only just had his 11th pro fight. So, you know, like put on the brakes just a little bit and, and, you know, put him up against, you know, maybe another guy like a Steven Thompson or something and, um, you know, and see how he does there. But I, I think you're right. I think they're just going to go right for the big fight uh, because. Honestly, you could almost headline a pay-per-view with that fight. Um, you could definitely put that on network TV and it would do a pretty big number, I think, uh, which is what I think they're probably going to do. But um, or have it as be co-main event of a, of a big show, you know, like maybe underneath the Newsman title defense. Um, you know, I. I this is the guy everybody's talking about, and you got to strike when the iron's hot because you never know when he's going to lose. And I mean, you could put him against a fight that he's supposed to win easily, and then he loses, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're right back to square one with him. And you know, we got another Johnny Walker situation, yeah. Um, which you know, I don't, you know, they're, but I think this guy's going to be better than that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. You
0: know, I yeah. Yeah. I mean, just beat the number two guy in the world. Like be- that's, I mean. He beat the number two guy in the world, but like I said,
1: Burns was coming in. I mean, his last three wins were against Damian Maya, Tyron Woodley, and Stephen Thompson. Which yeah, yeah, I mean, those are guys who are in the twilights of of this career. So, so there's still a lot of questions. There was a lot of questions about Burns coming coming in too. You know, can he actually? When he's you know f- he's fighting an opponent in his prime as a co- as opposed to the guys past their prime. Prime. And the last time he fought a guy in his prime was Usman, and it didn't come out well for him. And uh, I mean, it was a good fight. Uh, on the Covington thing, I don't think Covington will be able to take Chimaev down. I mean, Burns didn't. He was over five oh, yeah. on take okay. takedowns. But uh, the thing about Covington is, his, his pressure is relentless. He doesn't hit as hard as Burns, and some of those, a lot of those shots that Chimaev ended or took. Took you know that would have ended a lot of guys' nights. I mean, excuse me. Those uh those drain your cardio pretty big. You know, just taking mm-hmm. shot after shot. I don't know that. You know, Covington does not have the power that Burns does, but his relentless pressure is another thing. It, it makes it an interesting fight. i mean, with the benefit of the hindsight. As a benefit of hindsight, they should have done the Neil Magni fight for Chamaev, and then if he got back mm-hmm. to that, maybe do Burns and then Covington, and then a title fight. But like I said, it's probably too late, too late to go backwards, you know, because going backwards to the Neil Magni fight would probably be perfect right about now. But it's they're full steam ahead, full steam ahead. I mean, we've seen. We've seen guys he they jump on the train so early and it doesn't work out, you know. Sage Northcutt, Paige Van Zandt, people like that. But uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. We'll, it's none of them ever beat ever beat somebody like Burns. Yeah, yeah Nobody ever beat somebody like a Burns. Burns, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 hard to go backwards now, but uh, but yeah. yeah, but I mean he. I mean, it was a great showing, and it was a great, great fight. Uh, he didn't lose any, he didn't lose anything. He gained everything in the world. So it's just, we just yeah. got to see what you know what happens from here,
0: from here. You know, he's
1: but he, he definitely showed he belongs in that top five of that division.
0: And Burns didn't lose anything either um really like i you know i think he lost to a guy that people are looking at as like the next big thing and you know he gained a lot of fans they were booing him at the start and they were cheering him at the end um so i uh yeah i just uh i think um you know they 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 kind of you know burns is i think he increased his um star power a little bit here i maybe i'm wrong but it's, it's how it feels to me yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, I, I think he did as well. Did as well because I mean, even coming in, he, you know, he'd been in the fight with Usman. when he's been in some high profile fights, but he's still kind of not a star. But this was definitely, yeah. definitely like you know, this was this was the main event of the show. We'll put uh, it was the yeah, it was the fight everybody was seeing. He got the biggest crowd reactions. It was the fight everybody was paying attention to beforehand. And he uh, Burns is definitely, definitely if he, if he was like a c-level star coming in this fight he's probably you know he's definitely a b-level star now for sure
0: yeah i yeah it kind of it reminds me a little bit of um the back you know i remember that september pay-per-view i think it was 2014 when conor mcgregor was underneath the demetrius johnson fight like that's kind of what this felt like a little bit but um you know, same same kind of deal, and they they had like they had that one show where it was like four kind of all main events uh, on the main card, and of course they headlined with the title fight, which was probably the least most looked forward to fight on, on the main card.
1: Yeah, I, I remember um, that. So yeah, I remember that vividly because I was yeah I was there, and it was it was the Connor show, but it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, but and I, and, yeah. and the same. I mean, because you had Cerrone and yeah, like, had, yeah, I mean, you had Nune- yeah. you had Nunez before. Before she was a champion against Zingano. then, then you yeah, then you had a uh, Tim yeah. Kennedy and Yoel Romero. Then you had Connor and Poirier the right. first fight. Then you had Cerrone against Eddie Alvarez and Alvarez's debut. And then even on the prelims, you had guys like Masvidal, Bobby Green, Bobby Green.
0: Was that was that Kevin Kennedy uh, Romero? Was that the fight where? Um, like they had like some shenanigans going on yeah. between rounds. Some remarriage. Okay, yeah, that one shenanigans yeah. where he was getting yeah. like, like dry,
1: like towed off after they were supposed to start fighting yeah. again, and he got extra time, time yeah. to recover, recover. You know, yeah, yeah, because he was almost yeah. finished at the at the end of the second round. And you're yeah. supposed to get one minute, and you get right back to fighting, but for some reason, he got, like he got a minute nearly thirty. Yeah, he got nearly two minutes, and and then all and then he finished yeah. Tim Kennedy early in the third, Uh, yeah. And yeah, did, yeah. Okay. And then I it had, it. had had a Yoel Romero crazy puss fight speech, but
0: but yeah, yeah, that was that, and this is now. So yeah, so we we got. And for those that don't know, so for me personally, okay, I think the the uh, Matt Brown. Brian Barbarino fight was was better than this fight, but I do think that when it comes to the end of the year and you're voting on fight of the year, I think this one is going to get a lot of votes probably because people are going to maybe either they either didn't see the Brown Barbarino fight or they're just not going to remember it. And this one was high profile, you know, on on a pay per view. And again, you know, especially if Chimaev goes on to you know fight Co- Covington later in the year and beat him, you know, they're going to look back on this fight. So you know, I I, I do think that. That, you know if you're for the type of fights that you vote on for fight of the year this is probably there but I, I think personally I would still vote for brown Barberino yeah, uh, yeah. but but again I mean it was their top they're top two. I'd vote for this one.
1: Stakes were higher, you know, higher, yes, profi- higher profile. Absolutely. They they actually both landed landed more strikes than either Brown or Barbarina did in their fights. Really, there was actually more. Wow,
0: this I, didn't, actually, I was, didn't even realize that.
1: Yeah, there's actually more action when it comes to trading. Uh, I mean, I think I think might have been like two strikes below. Below barbarina i think or, okay. brown or one of them but but yeah it just
0: felt like there was a little like there's a few like kind of down spots in this one and i don't really remember there being any in the brown barbarina fight but yeah, mostly, i mean also just is mostly wrong mostly
1: in the first but the second and third of this fight was just absolutely incredible
0: yeah absolutely yeah and the third round of brown barbarino was insane yeah um this one was more like sustained for like the last 10 minutes absolutely either Um, either they had gone another 10 minutes (laughs) yeah yeah either i mean yeah you're not you're not going wrong with either one of these for sure and and i do think that way more people saw this fight so it's gonna get it's gonna get those votes um, so, and again, we're, uh, you know, I mean, you said it, it, it was the main event for most people watching, but we did follow up with, uh, two title fights and the, uh, the first one was a bantamweight title fight. And I think like most people, um, were predicting Peter Jan to, to win the title because he was beating all Sterling in their last fight before he got DQ'd. And I mean, all Sterling. Uh, it, it's weird because he he clearly won the second and third rounds. Jan clearly won the fourth and the fifth rounds. Round one was close. I scored this fight a draw. I, I, had, uh, I gave Sterling a 10-8 in the second. You could have also given Sterling a 10-8 in the third, and then he would have won 47-46 if you gave Jan the first, which I did, and I think most people did. Um, and so for me, like it, it was weird because they, it was a split decision, uh, for, you know, Sterling won 48, 47 on two cards, Yon got 48, 47 on the other one. How did you score it? I had a, a draw. I, uh, I had, the, okay. I had it
1: 47, 47, I had Yon winning, in the first round and Sterling getting the second and 10, eight. However, I will say that I know that round one was a debated round. I did go back and rewatch it. And on a second viewing, Viewing, I think very clearly on a second viewing, Sterling won that, won that, won that round. Uh, you know, uh, watching it live, I mean, Jan, Sterling was doing more watching it live. Yon wasn't doing a whole lot, but Yon landed some hard shot, hard shots when you're, you know, when you're watching it, watching it. But you know, I'm right, and I'm trying to score the fights. Everything, there's a lot going going yeah. on. You're pay, you're paying attention, like I. I watched it again with, with like no distractions. Just in just the first round, and and Sterling Sterling won that round. He was he a lot of stuff that I thought he missed when watching it live. He actually landed, and there was a lot of body kicks. Okay, and Jan's Jan landed some power shots, but he didn't land as many as it felt like watching it, watching mm-hmm. it. And then about a, but yeah, but honestly, the the fact that no judge gave that second round a ten eight. That's insane because there's no way that a ten nine if you thought Jan won the first round ten nine, 9 there's no way that the yeah. first for Jan and a ten nine Sterling in the second are should be the exact same score yeah. because because if anything, Jan barely like like by like an inch or less won the first round where where second round Sterling was a mile ahead. And this is it's the problem with the 10 point yeah. must, and a lot of it is judging now because we saw in the, we saw in the past that you know they were, they were starting to give more 10 8s, more 10 8s, and then there was that round in the Jan blakovich Israel out fight that was very clearly not a 10 8, but I think like two of the three judges gave it a 10 8 for Blakovich, and Dana White criticized it. and He mentioned that you know there's been a lot of yeah. 10 8s now lately, and all of a sudden, ever since that moment, the 10 8s. The, the very clear 10-8s haven't been scored a lot of them haven't been scored 10-8s it's almost like the ju- it's almost like the you judges are, now. are like afraid back to being afraid to give clear 10-8 rounds 10-8 because of you know what what Dana might say i mean Dana Dana has a ton of influence whatever you know whatever he's, mm-hmm. you know he has a ton of influ- influence and and it's that kind of change you know, I don't think judges sh- should listen to that stuff, but unfortunately, they do. And maybe his commissions being like, "Hey, y'all need to ease up on the ten which would be wrong for them to do. But there's very clear, like it's insane that rounds one, two, and three were all would would all have the same score when round one was a game of inches, whereas rounds two and three were were you know sterling miles ahead, even four and five which were very clear Jan rounds. They were not anywhere near what Sterling did in the second right. or even the third. So so it's just it's the disadvantage the disadvantage uh-huh. of I mean if you look at overall in the fight you would if you're doing this pride rules you would probably give it to Sterling even though Yon had the better last 10 minutes of the fight but but yeah it's just I mean you know I Last year when we did our predictions for who was going to end twenty twenty one as champion, I remember picking Aljamain Sterling, and he did end twenty twenty one as a champion, albeit under <laughs> those crazy circumstances. Yeah. But this this definitely proved. I, I hope this kind of shuts up people who were kind of doubt, doubting him. I've always been, I've always been on the yeah Sterling's great, great. I mean, look at this guy. He's seven. He's won seven straight. He's won nine of his last ten. Last year, and a lot of those fights, he he won with a neck that was just completely messed up, messed up, and yeah. and uh, you know he got that fixed. He fought this fight much better than he did that first first fight. That first fight, he just came out way too quick quick and zapped himself. And this time he was a little more patient, you know, definitely patient in that first round, but doing enough to win it. And then, then I, I feel like he knew he, that he, he, won the could have,
0: he almost could have finished Jan in the second. Oh like, yeah. It looked like he was gonna, he was close yeah. to it. And he was even kind of, yeah, kind of, not as close in the third, but still,
1: still a little closer, but, uh, yeah, but it's one of those things where like he I feel like he knew that he won the first three rounds so the fourth and the fifth he could kind of take it easy and that's another it's another thing you know where you bring in the open scoring you know Yan th- thought he was winning the first thought he won the first and then you know knew he won the fourth and the fifth maybe you bring in the open scoring maybe maybe you don't i I mean I'm not a fan of open sc- open scoring but I'm kind of like turning my kind of turning the corner on it a little maybe a little bit. You know, maybe not as much yeah. as much. I, I've always – my whole thing is, like, I've been watching this sport since, since, you know, I was a kid and then watching heavily since, two, you know, with all the proper ABC rules and regulations since 2000, 2001, 2000, whenever those came in. And and I just – I've always liked the idea of not having open scoring because of the drama being read at the decision. I've always found that, you know, fascinating and fun and unique for this sport but at the same time you know every other sport you know who's winning and this is the only one that you don't know who's who's winning after each you know each round each inning you know each quarter each half yeah this boxing yeah this is boxing so so you know uh i will have the opinion of i don't uh, i'll leave my opinion as i don't care whether we have closed scoring or open scoring anymore but uh
0: but yeah, I'm kind of turning the corner towards. The we open need court. we need more liberal ten eights for sure. And we need more liberal ten eights, yes for sure. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is, like, I think that the forty eight forty seven yawn is is a much worse score than um, than forty eight forty seven Sterling. Oh yeah, because for sure. I mean, in, in in no way should did Jan win this fight, and if Yon had won, like that would have been a robbery, uh, because I mean, at best he got a draw. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, if you gave him the first round, he, he had a draw, but there's no way he won. Yeah. And, uh, if, you know, and that's the thing, like, so he didn't do enough to win and that's the thing. And he's notorious for kind of taking the first couple rounds off and, and he's got a, start like he's gotta work on that because uh you know I guess he's trying to save his cardio because he's such a hard hitter and and you know and 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 so he's trying to save everything for the end and he does really do well in the fourth and fifth rounds. But um he he you know I, I i don't think he's gonna be you know he's gonna have to win a couple times now to get another title shot. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean he,
1: a lot of the guys he was fighting early were guys who were either not good or or you know past their prime. Even when he fought Aldo, Aldo wasn't as great as as he was before that, and Aldo has definitely gotten something about that fight. Has kind of turned a switch on him, on him, and he's better since then. But I mean, it really showed in the Sanhagen fight. I mean, he won that fight, but he started off slow, and Sanhagen almost made him pay, and then he did it again here, here. And you're not gonna well, you're not gonna consistently beat these top five guys if you're gonna start off that slow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the uh, the other uh, title fight, the main event, uh, went pretty much as uh, you know as we expected. Like, um, I did have a, oh. I
1: have a question about that. So what do you do? What do you do next if you're uh, if you're booking? What do you do next with for for Sterling?
0: Uh, Dillshaw. You do the Dillshaw fight. Like I, I, you know, and then and then I, you know, Cejudo gets the winner. And I think that's why, and we'll talk about Sahuda in the news segment, but I think that's why he's coming back now because I think he's looking at these two guys and thinking he could beat either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's not why he's coming back, but uh, I would, you know, okay. I, I
1: agree with uh, Dillashaw, but here's an interesting thing. I think now would also be a good time if, if, uh, yeah, they're gonna give it to Dillshaw. It's a bad, it's a bad sign, you know. Seeing a guy who can get busted for, for you know, illegal drug use and then come back win a, win one close fight and then get a title should get a chance to get oh, the title I think back. I know where you're going? Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Sterling and Aldo. I think that would be a bigger fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think. I, oh, I I agree. It'd be a bigger fight. Yeah. So. Um and 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 I mean and, and getting a win over Aldo for Sterling would be yeah I think would mean a lot more. For him, for his legacy, yeah, and I think, um,
1: and, uh, and also, you know, it would give Aldo that chance to add his name to name to the list of guys who have won titles in two divisions, and and honestly, like, yeah. he, like you can make a good case that Aldo would deserve a title shot. I mean, I think if he got one next, nobody <laughs> would argue against that, considering his wins over Munoz, Munoz,
0: and uh Rob Font that you know at the end of the last year. So you know you know what i would also say is if he did win it would almost be one of the most legitimate like double champs that you've had because a lot of the other ones have been like guys that, you know, were just given a title shot without really earning it. Yeah. Whereas Aldo, like he went down to Bantamweight and, and he lost. So he had to like fight his way back and win a few fights and earn the title shot. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like Connor, you know, just moves to lightweight, gets a title shot. Um, Cormier, you know, moves to heavyweight, gets a title shot. Uh, Nunez, you know, right away gets a title shot. Like, all these fighters are getting title shots when they move weight classes, just so that they can be a double champ. Whereas Aldo, um, you would be, you know, a guy that actually like, what, what has it been? Like, it's been like seven years since he held the featherweight eight years since he held the featherweight title, right? Like seven, eight years. Yeah. yeah. So he, ended, he lost um, at the end of 2015,
1: but yeah, he, seven years. But he won, it. He, yeah, he won the interim title in 2016, but lost the unification okay, so about six years to Holloway.
0: Yeah. So about six years. Right, right. So, yeah, six years. But, you know, so, I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. And, and he's still only like 30 or 31. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think or he's or like thirty-two. 30. I don't. Know. He's, he's younger than you. We think he's yeah. he's he's um, he's in the thirty-three range. I think at the top of thirty-three. Okay, still still he's younger than Connor. I think. Um. So yeah. I, um. I yeah. I, I would be all for Aldo. I I think they're going to go Dillashaw just because they kind of set it up already. But I if they pivot and go Aldo, I mean you could even do Yon Aldo too. You know if they do make the Sterling Dillashaw fight. Yeah. Um. I would, yeah. I, I would do Yan against Murab mirab okay, yeah, that that'll work too. Yeah,
1: because that's I mean, a, actually, that's actually that's a good test for him. Sterling's teammate, best friend. They got into it they got into it, you know, backstage too. So it'd kind of be, you know, it kind of do, be- do
0: that five rounds, five round main event of a fight night. Yeah, yeah, and and see, can Jan, like because mirab will just be relentless for twenty five minutes. So that'll that'll be a good test for Yon. Okay, so uh, if we want to talk, talk about the main event, um, Volkanovsky, Alexander Volkanovsky, we talked about this last week. We said, you know, he's one of the more underrated guys. You know, he's kind of living in the shadow of Max Holloway and, you know, Jose Aldo before that. And now here he is. He just completely walked through the Korean zombie um, to the point where I don't even think he wanted to fight in the fourth round. Like the, the way it looked like... I almost got a sense like when they started that fourth round, he kind of looked at zombie and he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And then he's <laughs> the like, yeah, yeah. And then, so he did. And, and, you know, he finished them like 45 seconds later. Um, I had like I had a 30, 25 going into the fourth round. Um, it, This was just like a massacre um, kind of, you know, like Z- zombie was rocked uh, quite a few times, you know, to where like I think most guys would have been, you know, knocked down at the very least or knocked out. And he was kind of doing the wobbly legs. And I think he went down a couple times. But Volkanovsky was just he barely took any damage. Um just couldn't have looked better. And I mean now it's like, you know, I mean we're just that Holloway fight is just staring at, at us, but I I still don't think they're gonna go straight to it. Um I, I don't know, what did you think? Okay. So
1: first of all, uh I think this is Volkanovski's career best performance by far. It's you know, uh-huh. I thought we were gonna you know, I talked last week, I thought we were gonna be in for in store for a classic and it was really a one sided beat down beat down. It was a classic one man performance. Volkanovski just <laughs> looked absolutely tremendous. I mean I mean, arguably like he come out of that fight, you're thinking, you know, this guy could be the best pound for pound fighter in the world, I mean, and he's what twenty four and 1, 21 straight wins, eleven and zero in the UFC. The last time he lost was in twenty thirteen as a welterweight. So, so yeah, this is. I mean, this was a great performance. Uh, I will. I do want to commend Herb Dean. He did a fantastic job. Yes, in, in that fourth round. Yes, fourth round of not. I mean, those were two r- hard right hands that Volkanovski landed. Jung stayed on his feet, but you could tell Jung was not there and Herb Dean just stopped it as quickly as he could. Could. I mean, I don't even think Herb wanted wanted him to come out for the fourth, but the doctor said it was okay, so I mean, Herb had to had to kinda go with the doctor. I mean, it was kinda that whole situation was kinda dumb because you could tell tell the zombie he was you know, he was a zombie at the start of the four, fourth <laughs> round. I mean, he 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 was he was done. But the doctor asked him, "Do you want to fight?" And he, you know, all, all these guys always instinctively say say yes. And then the doctor's like, "Okay." you know let him fight and Herb kind of even like Herb kind of even seemed to hesitate a little bit but Herb had to go with what the doctor said said but uh but yeah I mean I think (laughs) it's kind of funny on the commentary Paul Felder was calling for the fight to be stopped at the third at the end of the third I think that was a combination combination of the fact that yeah you know zombies done he's not going to win this fight he's taking too much of being ended but also that the fact that at this point it was like 140 in the morning there I think those guys were ready to go (laughs) ready to wrap it up for the yeah. night for the night but uh yeah wolkanovsky i mean just fantastic i he should be a superstar honestly like he just he's so great and his personality is so great and he's he's just he's so damn likable and i don't know how anybody could ever hate hate this guy and uh but yeah, I do think I think the third Holloway fight has has to be next. There's, I mean, a lot of people thought Holloway won the second fight, and so I think that it, even though Volkanovski's won both fights, I think I think. It's a big fight the, the third fight and I think we get that definitive answer of in the third fight we'll get the definitive answer of who the real champion is and who the best featherweight of all time is because I think I think if they get matched up next against each other that's you know the winner of that fight's the best featherweight of all time. And after that I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people in in the uh, mm-hmm. in the mix and the big wild card is Henry Suuto. I mean, Cejudo yeah. is back in the Usada testing pool, and the fight he wants—he wants Volkanovski. That's the fight he wants. He wants to become the okay. first. He wants to become the first guy That's to right. win win titles in three divisions. And I don't think he should get a title shot right away. Wouldn't it surprise me if they gave him a title shot right away. I don't think he should get one. I think he should get a get a. Win at featherweight, and my my main reason is like you said that we see too many guys who are champions of other divisions getting immediate title shots without without actually earning it in that division division, and just the way he just abruptly like quit the sport essentially, mm-hmm. you know, over money basically is what you can't it was. Reward that what it was. You shouldn't reward those guys who just do that do that because all of a sudden you're throwing you. Throw uh, like he threw the USC's plans out the window for what they had and had you know over money. That's why that's why he left. It was well, it's not it wasn't to get married and start a family because because at the time because the girl he was dating at the time that that fight is not the girl he's married to now and has a kid with now. So so I mean it wasn't Ooh. that wasn't the reason. It was he he quit. Over money, that's what it was. Yeah. What it was. you can't yeah. really reward the, those guys who just up and quit over, mo- over money by giving them a title shot right away. Right away, when they decide two years later, two and a half years later, that they want to come back. So, so but uh, but that's 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 why Cotto's coming back. It's not it's not to go for the bantamweight title, even though you know as much as he's going to talk, it's not definitely not to go after the flyweight title. He wants that featherweight title, and he wants to to be the first guy to win a UFC title in three divisions. So that's, that's it on that. And, you know, I think Volkanovski and Cejudo would be a big fight.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I do, and and I, I that matchup really intrigues me. Um, some of the other ones, like I, I just can't even picture the visual of Cejudo fighting some of these guys, but I can totally see it with Volkanovski. So that's the one fight that kind of interests me at featherweight for him. So I you know maybe maybe we'll get it, and and we're looking at six months down the road. So I think he's got to go through Holloway first, and yeah, then you know and then Cejudo, Yeah. I mean yeah. it's it's six months before they can even book Cejudo and a. In yeah. a fight, so. Holloway Cejudo just to me does not that that one just that doesn't do anything for me. I don't know what it is. I just I, I just can't even imagine that those two fighting. They just in my head they looks like Holloway's like a foot taller than him. Like, yeah,
1: I, I know. You now, know. I, I think uh, if, I think if Holloway and Volkanovski fight and Holloway wins that, that that probably changes what Cejudo might want to do do like right away yeah. like right away. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, because yeah.
0: because we'll is the guy he wants. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to we'll wait and see. So we got the rest of the card, and we always do our three stars, and it's tough on this one because we got so many decisions, and uh, I don't know. Like to me, a lot of them didn't really stand out. So I, you know, if if we end up having the same picks for some of these, I think it might be okay. Um, one thing we talked about on the last show is you know how many of the. Uh, Undefeated fighters would end up um, keeping their unbeaten records, and they all did. So that was something neither one of us predicted. So that, that was interesting, uh, even though well, one or two of them maybe, you know, could have lost. Um, but um, I uh, so what, what who are your three stars? Uh, my first one I'm going to go with is Alexio
1: Olenek just cause <laughs> yeah, I mean 60th career yeah. win murder,
0: murder career grandpa.
1: Win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, 60th career win. I mean, how many, I don't think you could say that like ever for, I mean, there's, there's been these low level guys guys who fight smokers every, every weekend, you know, some of these guys that we can't mention by name because it turned out to be pieces of pieces of shit, but you know, Travis Fulton, but, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, Alexi to get 60th win, and and I love you know, Jared Vanderah. Why do you go to the ground with the guy <laughs> like, you, like you knew not to do that? Even yeah. though you're a black belt jujitsu, scarfold. I do, and I want to say two things. Two things that make him really stand out as a star is the fact that after the fight, he was backstage teaching Vanderah the scarfold. I mean, that was a, that was a cool video and a cool wow. moment. And, and the fact he was so fun, he was funny after the, after the fight when Rogan interviewed him, he goes, just like, Alexi, you're, you're about to turn, turn 45. How much, how much longer do you want to fight? And he goes, it's like, not much longer, maybe five, 10 years. <laughs> so I mean, that was pretty fun. Yeah. That yeah, was pretty that was, funny. I love that. <laughs> so, so yeah. So
0: well, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at Ol- Olenek's record. And so he got his first win in November 1996 yeah which is the same year the rock the same month the rock debuted in WWF yeah I mean there was a
1: <laughs> there's a lot of I saw I saw Sean al Shadi, who was like tweeting out stuff that happened in November 1996 and I was just like uh you
0: know I this just crazy crazy that he's been around been around that long and this guy had this guy's record was seven and one on 9 11. <laughs> like, yeah. that's there's there's people listening to this that weren't born on 9-11 yeah. and uh he had already fought eight times yeah. so <laughs> yeah th- that's a good choice and that you know what that's my 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 first star too so uh who's your second
1: uh i'm actually gonna go over kel pennington the <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay this was, you know we talked about Volkanovski having a career best performance I think Pennington had a had a career best performance over Aspen Ladd. the other r- reminder that Pennington took this fight on like 10 days no notice uh just you know no real no real camp but I mean she outstruck lad made she made lad look like an absolute. Like, I mean, not a not a top level fighter that we that we thought she was, and I mean, you know, this was a this was a bad loss for Aspen Lad. She didn't do a whole lot, but Pennington, her striking was great. Everything about what she was, she was doing was great. So Anthony or uh, Raquel Pennington is my second star, and my third star, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Ian Gary. And it's just okay. I mean, It Good was be. I, I know who one of your stars is going to be, so I I, I kind of left him out for you. Yeah. So, but I'm going to go Ian Gary. Yeah, I went to the decision. I didn't think he'd go to the decision. But he put in like a very solid showing, kind of one, one of those that, you know, you want to see him go the distance to see what, what he will do in the later rounds. I do think training uh, switching his training camp from Ireland – to Sanford MMA in Florida, it was a good move. But usually, when people switch camps, camps especially that early in their career as they're on the rise, like there's usually some some hiccups in that first fight as far as like performance and all that because you're getting used to new guys in the corner yelling at you, you know, yelling instructions at you and all that. But I thought he he fought well, and uh, you know, and the hype train around him is still there. I mean, he's still he's still just 24, and he's nine and zero, and and the future nickname is still apropos for him so I thought it was a you know it wasn't the finish that everybody was expecting but it was still a very solid showing and he won and he won easily so, so that's, I think at the end of the day that's all that matters there
0: and he cut a good promo afterwards as well um, the I fell asleep during the Raquel Pennington fight, uh, so I may have chosen her as well. But unfortunately, uh, the uh, the lateness of the evening uh, caught up with me. Uh, so yeah, my 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 second star is uh, Mike Malott. Um, you know, we talked about him last week. Uh, this is the guy from Team Alpha Male. He's got his uh, I think fourth straight first round stoppage win. Uh, this is his UFC debut. His last fight was on the Contender Series, which we watched and covered. Um, this was his Biggest win, clearly, over Mickey Gall, who is, you know, no slouch, even though he's got a 7-5 and five record. I mean, that's been pretty much all in the UFC. So um, the one thing, though, about Mike Malott that I don't know if I think you know this, but maybe you don't, uh, his brother Jeff plays for my Winnipeg Jets yeah um, I'd which I'd is uh that. yeah and and he signed his contract the same week that Mike Malott signed his UFC contract oh, so nice. that that was like really cool for the yeah for that family and uh yeah and he just made his actually his debut uh, just a couple of weeks ago um so that was cool and my other one uh my third star is going to be Mark Madsen um you know over uh, against Vince Michelle, uh other undefeated fighter you know he went to 12 and 0 And really this fight, you know, we kind of, we think we both predicted Vince Pichelle was going to pull this one out. And it kind of went the way we were thinking it might for the first two rounds. Madsen, you know, closely won the first round. Pichelle clearly won the second and was coming on strong at the end to the point where he was, you know, like he was pretty, like he was heated up at the end of the second round. And he was telling his corner, he's done. He's got nothing left and all this. And then Madsen came out. And he clearly won the third round. He probably had his best round. Well, he clearly had his best round of the fight, I thought. And he showed a lot in pulling this one out because Shell's a tough guy. He was 14-2 and coming into this, and this was no pushover. And Madsen, I mean, his guys had a lot of hype. Really struggled to win his last two fights, but he's won them. And uh, I really, really like the fight that you've suggested in your column for him next, Jim Miller, uh, because you know the fight's going to go to the ground at some point, and Miller is a beast on the ground. So if Madsen can come away from that one with a win, then you know what? Then you start putting me up against guys that are like just outside the top fifteen and seeing how he does there. So uh, you know, I thought overall a pretty good performance for Madsen, probably his most top... the. Hole- High profile fight kicked off the main card of a pay-per-view and uh good job from him. I'm glad you liked that fight because I didn't, but, uh, I'll just love oh, Okay. At that. All right. No problem. No problem. I, I mean, it I thought, wasn't, I mean, it wasn't I, the I fight of was, the year. I yeah. thought it was, bo- I thought it was boring. So, so, well, I'm not saying like, I just, no, I no, just I, I you know, it. I thought the way Madsen pulled the fight out, like it wasn't, it was more the story than the actual. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The story I for think. sure. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. I agree with all that. Yeah. All that. So, all right. So, take us through the rest of these results. Okay.
1: So, the night started off with a uh, what ended up being a catchweight bout because Julio Arce missed weight by a half pound, but uh, he scored a unanimous decision over Daniel Santos uh, 30 27, 30-27, 29, 28. Uh, this was pretty exciting. Arce is just, yeah. he was landing more strikes, and Santos was throwing like a lot of like. Big shots, but they weren't connecting. And Arce was connecting on his shot, on his punches, which was the which was the big difference. And Arce looked really good, good and a good win for him. And I don't think Santos loses a lot in losing this because I do feel like Arce is one of the more underrated guys in that middle tier of the Bantamweight division. Uh, Next, we had another catchweight fight, Pierre Rodriguez. She missed weight by two and a half pounds. I just want to say this real quick. She missed weight by two and a half pounds. Julio Arce missed weight by a half pound, but they both got fined 20% of their purse, that's messed up. Something's got to change there. Yeah. There's no reason that yeah. that people who missed weight by a two pound difference should have the f- same same uh, percentage of the purse taken taken away. If you you know you know Arce, I mean for all you know, and Rodriguez, or I'm sorry, it was Kay Hansen who missed weight. Sorry, sorry, it's Kay Hansen who missed weight two and a half pounds. I, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia to go through. So Kay Hansen, she missed weight by two and a half, two and a half pounds, and she weighed in like. Like, like forty-five minutes into the weigh-in session, so she knew she was gonna miss weight weighing in that or early. And Arse literally waited until the last second. Last second when well, it was the last second when they said, "Hey, he's here," and that's all you have to do. Do you don't necessarily have to weigh in weigh in like you know the windows from 9 to 11 you don't have to weigh in by 11 you just have to be inside the building by 11 but the mm-hmm. but they'll get but they'll give you to they'll give you a few minutes of leeway just as long as you're like in the like in the weigh-in backstage at the you know in the way the secondary room that they have where all, all the fighters are at. as long as you're there by 11 o'clock you can weigh in but anyway, but so he waited until, you know, which shows that he tried his best to make weight and just couldn't, and just couldn't make it. And there's no reason he should get to find the same amount as somebody who missed it by two pounds more than he did. Did it's, it's stupid. They need to, they need to change it. I've always suggested, I've always suggested the thing of 10% cent per pound. Up, yeah, up per to, pound. That's per perfect. pound. I was, like, I was you know, just going to suggest yeah, that. Yeah, ten yeah. percent per pound. You know, so if you miss weight by half a pound, you get fine five percent. If you 5%. miss by two two and a half pounds, you're twenty five percent. And I always think it should go up to. Up to five pounds and after five after five pounds you cancel a fight. You cancel a fight unless there's some Or you're fighting for free. Or are there some agreement. I mean fifty percent. I wouldn't ever take away more than fifty percent of somebody's purse. I would actually just either cancel the fight because honestly, if you miss by five pounds, like you should let your your opponent know ahead of time, hey, I'm missing by this much. So maybe that the, that some sort of deal about a catch weight could be worked out and to where yeah to where the other guy could not have to Drain himself while the other guy's going to miss by five pounds. But anyway, but back on back on this, Pierre Rodriguez uh, unanimous decision over K. Hansen, twenty nine, twenty eight, all all across the board. It was an okay fight, but Rodriguez very clearly won. Uh, then we had the heavyweight fight, Alex Oleinik, uh, Sabin Jared Vander in the first round with the scarf fold, and we had Mike Malat TKO went over Mickey Gall in the uh, first round. Uh, that left hook, that knocked gall out. I mean, gall face planning awesome. I don't know why he, why the referee let him take some extra shots. I mean, granted the face planning woke him back up, but there was it was unnecessary after that. But yeah, a great win for Mike Malott and a great post fight interview where they he mentioned the GoFundMe for Joey Rodriguez's daughter who's battling cancer, cancer and all. He told a story about how he was walking to the back after the fight. He told us that his little post-fight interview and some guy in the crowd just handed him a wad of cash to donate to the go. To the go. Wow. Like, like he didn't say how much was in it. It was just said it was just like a wad, like like the guy pulled out like like every dollar the guy had in his pocket and handed it to him. So that was a really neat story. Then you have the women's bantamweight bout, Raquel Pennington, unanimous decision over Aspen Ladd, 29-28 all around. Middleweight bout, Anthony Hernandez defeated Josh Friend, uh, unanimous decision, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Ian Gary over Darian Weeks, unanimous decision, 29-28, two 30-27s. Uh, main card, Mark Mattson. This Matt. is about where I was, I was struggling, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All these decisions. Yeah. Main yeah. card, uh, Mark Matson over Vince Paschal, unanimous decision, 30-27, 37-29, 27, 30, 27, 28. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, split decision over Tisha Torres. 29-29, 28 scorecards for her. 28-29 scorecard for Torres. Uh, this was a really fun fight and very close. Yeah. Very close. I thought Torres won the fight. But, but it could have gone either way. And, and you know, Dern... Yeah, I had her winning as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, big win for Dern. And, again, you know, Torres didn't lose anything in losing this fight. You know, she she looked really good, and it could have gone. It was really a fight that could have gone either, either way. Probably, it was probably much closer than Sterling and Jan and anything, and closer to Maya Burns, in my
0: opinion. Yeah. And then you had she survived on, like six minutes on the. She was on the ground with uh, with Dern for six minutes, and she survived. Like yeah, nobody does yeah, that. Yeah. So, T-
1: so Tisha Torres, cool. is really good.
0: Uh, and then yeah, Chimaev over Burns, Sterling over Jan, and
1: Volkanovsky over the zombie.
0: Yep, uh, the performance bonuses. Uh, somehow Mike Malott did not get a performance bonus. I have no idea how, but uh, Alexei Olenek, uh, Gilbert Burns, and Chumaev, uh fifty thousand bonus for Friday of the night each, and Volkanovsky got the performance of the night. I don't know. Like I, I hate when the main eventers get the performance bonuses because they're already getting paid, and a guy like Mike Malott could. Hopefully, they took care of him because he uh, he could have used that fifty grand. But uh, yeah, such as it is. Yeah. Uh so we got next we've got we got a big week coming up um so uh, before we get into these two shows and I want to read something that you wrote. I'm going to read it directly from your column. This upcoming Friday is arguably Bellator's biggest show of the year and perhaps of the last several years and there has been no promotion or mention of it anywhere. You'd hardly know it exists or that Bellator even exists because you never hear anything about them. Their featherweight champion and arguably their biggest star and the star of this upcoming show, AJ McKee doesn't even have his social media accounts verified and he gets less traction here than lots of people associated with mixed martial arts. They need to do something because it feels like we're watching the slow death of bellator which would be sad um our buddy garrett is going to be going to this show with uh, big dave and he had asked us at some point you know do we have any questions for scott coker and my (laughs) my only thing i wanted to say was i hope to god he doesn't listen to our show because we bury them (laughs) you know and rightfully so um this is a big card though and uh you know and honestly out of the two cards this weekend it's the one i'm probably most looking forward to um you know it's got four really solid fights on the main card uh even the prelims have some decent fights on them and uh you know also some really goofy fights but uh, a lot of 0001 type guys but when you get to the main events of the prelims it's not too bad but the main event is a rematch um for the bellator featherweight championship agent mckee and patricio pitbull these are you know outside of holloway and um volkanovsky i mean maybe you know probably two guys in the top five overall and in definitely top 10 in the world um and agent mckee is you know he seems like he's just waiting until he can go to ufc but he's got this coming up this weekend um Real big fight. I don't see any reason to think that it's going to go any different than the last one, but you know it's Bellator and anything can happen. Uh, wh- what do you think? Uh, so I want to say
1: this first about AJ McKee's Twitter account. What made me like research it and and look at all that is I saw somebody re- like quote tweet his tweet after the Volkanovski fight and talking about how. How, like, he's making a statement here and it's getting no traction. And I was looking, I was looking it up. It was, it was about two hours after the Volkanovsky fight. And that thing, that tweet at that time, and granted, it has way more now because, because of it actually getting traction. But at that time, like, that tweet had less likes and less, and less, uh, retweets and less responses than I get whenever. Whenever a round score is put on on the screen during a UFC show, like wow, and he's only got you know like I said, it's his social media. He's supposed to be your bell biggest star. He's got does he has sixty seven hundred followers and his account isn't even verified. Like the moment a guy signs with the UFC, like the UFC's PR machine, it gets them verified on social media. Social media. So this is just like, like on that when it comes to like his social media not being verified, that's you know that's a shot at Bellator and Bellator's PR. Like they're not even like, they're not even promoting the guy who's supposed to be their biggest star. Like they can't, even they don't even get to social media media verified to where he can pick up a following on, on there. He's got, you know, he's got less followers than, than a lot of MMA media members. So it's crazy. It's crazy. And he's supposed to be your big star. So that's kind of what, that's kind of what brought on that, that whole little rant. But at the same time, like you haven't heard like until today, like you would, hardly know this show even exists this exists this coming Friday and it's supposed to be you know arguably their biggest show of the year with their biggest their biggest star and their biggest fight coming and not only that but mm-hmm. you also have Corey Anderson and vadim Nimkov light heavyweight title light heavyweight grand prix grand prix final million, million, dollars. million dollars on the line it's and
0: yeah. And you don't know that it even like exists because there's just. For me, like don't, I'm, it, I'm way more focused on these two shows next weekend in Hawaii. To yeah. me, those seem like the bigger shows. Yeah, those but, have been
1: brought up constantly, um, constantly. I mean, granted, yeah. granted, because it just got announced a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's almost like the like the show on Friday doesn't exist, which is a real shame.
0: And I mean, honestly, like nobody's going to watch it. I mean, some, some people will watch it, but I mean, we joke about, um, you know, AEW Rampage. We were actually just talking about it off air before the show, and, and they're getting moved time slots, and, you know, maybe they're going to do like 500,000 viewers. And that's like five times what Bell Tour is going to do. And people joke about nobody watching Rampage. Well, nobody watches Bell And this is their biggest show. And I mean, if they get 150,000 viewers, they'll be like, you know, Scott Coker will be like it's, swimming in the, and it's in funny the gold too. or something. It's- it's funny
1: too. Me personally, I'm probably gonna miss miss the Bellator show because I'll be right on my way home from on my way home from yeah. AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts taping. So I'll be,
0: but like that's- but you know what? Like you, here's the thing: you could probably go home. You'll get home at like I don't know, eleven o'clock. And if you decide you want to watch Bellator, I guarantee you. It won't be hard to avoid spoilers, yeah. <laughs> you know. If if you know, I mean, maybe you because you you know you're you're a little more high profile MMA than I am, but I guarantee you, I could avoid spoilers, um, and you know, I could watch a show Sunday, and I probably won't know what happened uh, because that's just how little traction they get. Yeah, exactly. um, you know UFC, no way. Like you know, I actively have to try not to see what happened on a UFC show. But Bellator, I can go on my Twitter timeline. I can scroll down for you know an hour and not see anything about Bellator.
1: I I won't because uh, because obviously I follow you know the yeah a lot of the MMA media because friend, friends friends yeah. and all you know so.
0: Frank. Yeah, I, I do too, but I just I I don't know, for some reason I I do, I managed to avoid it. Um and again, like I think a lot of them are wrestling fans too, so I mean if they have a choice, they might be watching <laughs> Rampage on Friday instead of Bellator. Well, I mean, although oh, this is a big fight, this uh, is a big it be, You know what Dave and Garrett will be tweeting about it, so I I'll probably will will see it. I mean, I Rampage is on
1: later. at an early time, so they they'll they'll be able to watch True. both. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but yeah, so we got that, and we also got Aaron Pico fighting, and it's funny because a lot was made about the type of fights that Pico was getting early in his career, and now he's going up against a guy, you know, with, this is the guy he should have been fighting in his, like, his third fight, Well, you know, Audley Edwards, he's nine and one, but he's never beat anybody. Well, let's, I mean, Grant, Pico was supposed to fight Jeremy Kennedy in his fight,
1: and Edwards Edwards taking this fight, like, on two weeks notice, so.
0: Oh wow, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of uh fights that were uh that were changed on this card. Um yeah, so he's fighting uh, Adley Edwards and that's the featured fight and then we got rounding out the main card Tim Johnson and Linton Vassell. You know, two, you know, bigger name heavyweights in Bellator. I mean, they're not you know, th- these guys are kind of journeymen in terms of like overall, they'd be jobbers in UFC, but they're, uh, you know, it's a solid heavyweight fight. And then we got Terrell Fortune on the prelims uh, going against Raheem Cleveland and Rafael Carvalho is the other big name on the uh, prelims uh, fighting at middleweight against uh, Davla Yagshiram Muradov. Uh, from Turkmenistan, so yeah it's uh you know it's a decent card for bellator obviously it's on showtime uh prelim start at six out of our time seven eastern i assume the main card's at nine uh so yeah you might get home in time for the main event did Um, you did you see the first six fights on the bellator show yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like 0 and 0 1 and 2, yeah, 1 and 0 4 yeah. and 5. No, no,
1: it's uh I like I did the math on this. So the first six fights, the 12 fighters in those six fights, they have a combined 23 professional fights, and one of the guys has nine of those. I mean, you know, we want to talk yeah, about JT Donald. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it is obviously these these fights exist to to for these guys to sell tickets to to Bellator, but if Bellator is supposed to be like a major league promotion and they're still having to have local guys on the prelims who are O and O and one to sell tickets to it, that's that's an issue still. Like that just shows that yep. that I mean as much as they try to be major league promotion, they they're not. <laughs> I mean not even PFL does this does this, 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 does the, this stuff.
0: The first six fights look like a uh, like a combate card.
1: Yeah, like this is like even, every combate first, card that they send yeah, you. The, and the first yeah. six fights, not even combate. I mean, the first six fights are you go see at a freaking uh, in the freaking ballroom of a Sheraton, you know, in in, yeah. in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Like, I mean, not a, not inside a side of sixteen thousand seat arena, like like you yeah. know
0: this just two two of these fights are 1 and 0 against 0 and 0 and then 0 and 1 against 0 and 0 and then there's the the one I'm laughing at is Holland Gracie 0 and 3 no way this dude's a gracie uh, like they they always just throw that name on people i i find it funny you watch Bellator, there's always a gracie on the card See, then um, that's but yeah uh, uh, crit- so that's uh, this that's the criticism
1: Bellator. i have about Bellator. about it, it just still still makes them feel minor league and they shouldn't feel like that
0: yeah, absolutely. I hope like when they say 7 p.m. on like YouTube, I hope it starts with like the seventh fight, you know, like uh, these first six. Like we'll just start with the Kyle Kutchmer, Michael Lombardo fight and pretend the first six didn't happen. Uh, and Bolanos and Daniel Carey. I've heard of both those guys. Um, so, yeah, the first four prelims and then you got the four main card. Like That's eight fights. That's a solid card. You don't need those first six. Um, but whatever That's that's Bellator That's yeah, on Friday feel, feel bad for those And first then th- on, Those first bell fighters are probably get, They're probably being like
1: All being like Alright I'm fighting in Bellator And they're probably getting paid Like 500 bucks for Each You know 500, 500 Yeah They're lucky They're lucky Plus, get a, plus whatever get Tickets they sell Your tickets
0: sold Yeah, yeah Plus whatever yeah. tickets they sell Uh, But, you know, again, I am, you know, for whatever reason, looking forward to that main card, maybe a little bit more than the UFC Um, main event is solid on the UFC card. Uh, This is Saturday on uh, ESPN Uh, card gets underway at five thirty Eastern, four thirty our time. Uh, What's the main card? Eight, seven thirty or nine, seven thirty Eastern time, seven thirty. It'll probably start a little late. Uh, the start time is yeah. because
1: is because they have NBA playoffs all day and and they do two and a half hour blocks for for okay. all for all three for all the games. So so the, I think the last game starts ooh, ooh. at starts at at uh, six six Eastern time. So the so it's supposed to be over at eight thirty, which would be the start. Oh eight thirty. Okay.
0: I- yeah. Seven thirty our time. Seven thirty okay. our time. Yeah, because I was going to say, there's no way they're doing like eight fights in 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 two hours. Like, yeah. So three hours, that's even going to be tough. But, um, so the main card is, uh, you know, v- the main event is Vicente Luque and Bilal Muhammad. Real solid welterweight fight. Um, Bilal Muhammad, a guy we've had a lot of fun with, uh, over the years that we've been doing this show. Uh, remember the name. Remember the ranking. Number seven. Uh, I, I just go with. That's what his topology ranking is. I don't know what he is in UFC, but uh, probably pretty close to that. Um, and uh, and Vicente Luque, and this is you know I mean this is basically I think the winner here is kind of in that level kind of right below I think Com- Comzat just skipped over them, but um, the winner maybe gets you know a fight with a Gilbert Burns next, um, you know to kind of see if if you could challenge for a title. Um, I uh, I think it's really intriguing. Muhammad is you know just nonstop pressure. Uh, you know, and he hits hard, but not as hard as Vicente Luque. And Vicente Luque is more about uh, damage and volume as opposed to, um, you know, just kind of that constant pressure that Bilal Muhammad offers. And uh real intriguing fight, kind of a classic fight in my mind and uh, perfect main event for this show.
1: Yeah, uh, for clarity's sake, uh, their rankings as of now hasn't been updated yet. But Lukay's fourth and Muhammad's fifth, so we'll, we'll so technically oh, okay. it's two okay, cool. two top five guys. Even though I think once they get updated, Chema uh, will. We'll leapfrog them both, but anyway, this is a rematch too. At these two fought uh, before, once before at the at the very first MSG show, and Luke K, Luke K knocked Muhammad out. And ever since that fight, they've had pretty similar careers. Luke's ten and two since that fight. Muhammad's ten and one with the one no contest since that fight. That fight. So they've both they've both worked their way up the ladder up the ladder. luke has been more probably more impressive working his way in the ladder because he's had more high profile fights and he's had finishes in a lot of those and a lot of exciting fights. But Muhammad's Muhammad's proven like he he's one of the more underrated guys at welterweight too. Too. And honestly, like if you were going to slow down Chemaev... like Whoever wins this fight would probably be perfect next fight for him if he didn't want to go the Covington Covington route. I mean and there's an argument where where that Luke could make where if he wins, he could fight Usman. And I doubt it, but uh because we're getting the Edwards the Usman Edwards fight. So whoever wins this fight is probably gonna need one more fight, but it's a very high quality fight, and and honestly, I think Muhammad has improved more than Luke in that first fight. Because I think Luke was already miles ahead of Muhammad when they first fought. And it was a very interesting fight. I still think Luke's going to win. But I don't think he's going to knock Muhammad out like he did the first time they fought. So, so very intriguing fight. And, you know, it's it's, it's a good one. It's a good one, in, which is good for this card because there's nothing else on it.
0: Oh. No, I mean, the, to me, like, the most interesting fight on the card besides the main event is maybe, like you know it's just because i love the dude is like huggy bear in the prelims but um you know like yeah the co-main event is two guys making their ufc debut i don't think i don't i don't remember that ever happening before i'm sure it probably has but um but i mean i don't remember it for sure definitely not since we've been doing this show um and probably going a long way back from that but um and then from there it's just like a whole bunch of guys that you know like we've heard of but probably most people listening probably haven't or maybe they have you know Lena yeah. Landsberg and Piani Kianzad is you know an interesting fight on the prelims, yeah. but uh the fight y- I was
1: looking y- 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 the fight I was looking forward to most outside of the main event ended up getting canceled today because Eliza Zaleski dos Santos in Lima Huh? Oh yeah, Eliza? Oh, Laziz? Yeah, Eliza Zaleski dos Santos and Laziz, that one got canceled because Zaleski pulled out. So that kind of sucks. And, that, but- that hurt the card bit big time because Zaleski is a very, is a very entertaining and action fighter who brings a lot to cards.
0: And Miguel Baeza and Diego Lima that, that we lost that one. Um, so he's, uh, Baeza's fighting, uh, Andre Fiallo now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll go through, but, um, I guess, you know, if you, if, I mean, we kind of mentioned, well, you mentioned one that, so you did the three stars I'll do. So for me, the three fights I'm looking forward to outside the main event, um, and I guess maybe we can nah, – now. we won't include Bellator in this. We give give the UFC some love here. So I already mentioned Chris Barnett and Martin Boudet. Uh, Boudet's making his uh, debut, but we saw him on the Contender Series last year. Got a nice uh, first-round KO against Lorenzo Hood. Um, this, that's my first one. Uh, I got to throw some love to the Canadians. So, uh Hafa Garcia and Jesse Ronson. Ronson's a guy I've been watching for years, came up on the Canadian Indies. Um, and Rafael Garcia's a fighter out of Mexico. They always have great fights. Um, he's coming off his first UFC win where he probably saved his job. So, that this could be a fun fight. And then uh, my boy, TJ Laramie, the fighting Laramie brothers. They're the Canadian Diazes. Um, he's... Uh, you know, coming off his first UFC loss uh, to Derek Minner, uh, fighting for the first time in a year and a half against Pat Sabatini, which is man, that's a tough fight. Uh, he's out of Philly, right? I think. Yeah. 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 Um, and, yeah. And and he's undefeated in UFC. So this is this is a sneaky good fight, and that's on the main card, uh, probably kicking it off. So those are my three: yeah. Sabatini, Laramie, uh, Garcia, Ronson, and uh, Barnett Boudet.
1: Yeah, to go three different, because two of those fights are actually on my list, but to go three different, uh, first I'll go... I'll go with a weird heavyweight fight, but it's a heavyweight fight. Devin Clark against William Knight. Uh, it's kind of one that came in together on short notice. At least William Knight doesn't have to worry about missing weight by <laughs> by 12 pounds again. 18 uh, pounds or whatever it was. 18 pounds yeah. or whatever the hell it was. I, I forget what it was, off the, and I was at the show a couple months ago. ago but, yeah, I, I mean, heavyweight fight there. So so that, that'll that be interesting. Uh Then I'll go the welterweight fight Miguel Baez against Andre Fialo. Baez is a a pretty action fighter, and we saw Fialo against Michelle Paglia in his UFC debut in January, and he gave Paglia a very tough fight. You know, that should be a fun fight. And then I'll go with the lightweight fight, uh, Dracar Close against Brandon Jekins just because this is the first time we've seen Close since that incredible fight with Benil Dariush over two years ago. You know he was supposed to fight about a year ago against Jeremy Stevens, but then they had the whole weigh-in incident where Stevens pushed Close, and then he had a Close had a bad neck spasm because of it and couldn't fight. And uh, but yeah, that that one you know, might be an interesting fight on a very like this, you know, we talk about weak UFC <laughs> cards that are at the apex and this is, you know, this is yeah. one of those. It's, it's a finite. I mean, I mean, it's going to get, if, if
0: I paid 20, it, it's going if to I paid $2,500 to see this in person, I'd be pretty pissed off. If I get to Vegas and I got yeah, this card.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I this, this is one of the, this is one of those where, you know, we want to get them out of the apex. I mean, this, I mean, this show probably would have done 6,000 paid, paid in a, you know, in a, in a arena that, that, you know, doesn't get a show, but once every few years, but you throw Bay. this,
0: you throw this fight in like Halifax or something, because yeah. there's like three Canadian fighters on the card, and yeah. maybe throw a couple more Canadians on it. This, this will sell out some little civic center in Halifax, you know. <laughs> so.
1: The way the UFC's going, this will sell out anywhere, anywhere with the yeah. amount of tickets they're selling. But, but they'll be lucky to get ten people to buy, you know, ten non-family and friends to to spend that twenty five hundred dollars for that seat at the apex that they have. So you the,
0: probably thought I was gonna pick you probably thought I was gonna pick the Landsberg Z fight. No, I knew you're gonna. And pick that's Huggie why you were you're gonna go. I knew
1: you're gonna pick Huggy Bear, and then I figured you you're gonna pick Sabatini Laramie. So, yeah, that Sabatini
0: Laramie is uh that's,
1: that's a good that's a really good fight. That's now, probably so. my second favorite fight on the on the card now that, that Zaleski's off. But uh yeah, this is going against the NBA playoffs. It's going against the
0: Warriors. So I mean, I don't know how many people will actually I haven't even I- looked to see when the Raptors are playing. I have a big bet on the Raptors to uh win the Eastern Conference finals. I know it's a long shot, but I, I'm gonna win twelve grand if they if they make if they win the Eastern Conference. So Nice. Um, so take us through the rest of this uh, this card.
1: Okay, so the night kicks off with a banner white fight, Alatin Hale against Kevin Kroom. That should be, you know, a little interesting. Uh, let me get the actual match order cuz I'm on the Wikipedia and it's not updated, but I have it. I have it on our if you're a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer newsletter and the uh, the message board, I always have this stuff you know, good to go on there. I don't know why it's not loading up. Let me go. Let me go. Okay, here we are. I have it. Now I have it. Okay. Okay, here's the exact match order. Okay, so this kicks off at the Bantamweight fight, Aletting LA against Kevin Kroom. Then you have a women's strawweight fight, Estella Nunez against Sam Hughes. Uh, both of those ladies are looking for their first UFC win. Uh, then we have a lightweight fight, Jordan Livett against Trey Ogden. Ogden's making his UFC debut on short notice you have the heavyweight fight Chris Huggy Bear Barnett against Martin Boudet Uh, it'll be fun if if Huggy Bear wins this fight and this is a very tough fight for him but if he wins this fight you know you're going to get some fun post-fight stuff so that's a fight to keep an eye on you have the lightweight fight Rafa Garcia against Jesse Ronson Lightweight fight, Jacar close against Brandon Jenkins. Yeah, you know, women women's band white fight, Lena Landsberg uh, fighting for the first time in over two years. She had a, had a had a child, and this is her return against mm. Penny Kianzad. Then, then closing out the prelims, heavyweight fight again Devin Clark against William Knight. Uh, main card uh, it was supposed to kick off was Zaleski Dos Santos against Lizés. They look like they're going to have they're going to find a replacement for to fight Liz, probably somebody debuting. So, but uh, we'll you know we'll keep an eye on that, and if not, they'll probably they'll bump a prelim up to the main card. Then you have featherweight fight Pat Sabatini against TJ Laramie. Got a women's bantamweight fight Myra Bueno Silva moving up to 135 pounds against Wu Yunan. Welterweight fight Miguel Baeza against Andre Fialo. Middleweight fight Kyle Borallo against Gazzi. Omar Gadziev, uh, both of like you said, both of them making their UCW, but both of them looked really good on Dana White's contender series this year. Boralo had two fights on the show, like both of them coming within like a span of like three weeks of each other. And uh, yeah, you know, they they both are very talented and that should be an actually interesting fight. It's, you know, when you're talking about a show like this, putting those guys in the co-main event slot is probably a good idea. And then you have Vicente Luque against Bilal Mohamed in the main event
0: didn't um um one of uh ciao wins on the contender series came against uh a fight game media favorite right aaron jeffrey yeah. wasn't he the guy yeah yeah that uh yeah was uh i don't know I, Somehow somehow retweeted something and everybody on our group loves him um so yeah that's the card i mean not a lot there but you know i'm sure some of these fights will be good and uh if you're not a big basketball fan, you got something to watch. Uh, I just looked it up. The Raptors are playing at 6, so they're going up against this as well. So I will watch the show, but it definitely won't be live because I am watching the Raptors, and that's one I can't avoid spoilers for. So I, will, I won't I will watch live, but I'll probably start about a half hour in. So if you want to talk basketball with me on Twitter, uh, check it out because it's the one time of year I actually pretend like I know what I'm talking about with basketball. Uh, so we've got, we got the two cards out of the way and now we got the news and there's quite a bit of news here. Um, I guess first off, we talked about a little bit earlier, but, um, uh, Henry Cejudo is back in the testing pool. And, uh, so it means he's, you know, he's at least six months away from getting booked, but that's the first sign that he's actually serious about coming back. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's been saying,
1: We've talked a lot about him, and you know, every week on social media, he's talking about, you know, he's running in his mouth and talking about, you know, he's going to do this, he's going to do this, he's going to fight this dude, he's not, and all this, but he hasn't, but he's been out of the pool, and it's funny. Like I had, like I had written my column, and I was almost done with it, done with it, and I actually had a had a thing in there about him, you know, because he spent all weekend talking about. About how much he'd beat up, you know, whoever wins Sterling and Yon and how much he'd beat up Volkanovsky and doing his whole his whole thing where he talks about fights that Aren't happening because he isn't in the pool. And I was, being, I was about to the point where it's like, all right, Henry, just shut up. I mean, I mean, either get back in the testing pool and fight, or stop trying to build up fights that aren't going to happen because you won't get, you won't return, you won't put yourself in the testing pool. Well, sure enough, you put him in the testing pool. So, it's time to put his his money where his mouth is, and just and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's coming back because he's a great fighter, and and he. Should have never left the first time, and hopefully that. I mean, we kind of got robbed of two years of him in his prime, prime because of you know money issues. But uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting. No matter what division, whether it's one thirty five or one forty five five that he comes back to.
0: Never know. I mean, the 2 years off could end up doing him some good, you know. His body didn't take a lot of damage for those 2 years. I imagine he's still training and stuff. But, oh yeah, he's uh, and he's he,
1: you know, he's been doing a lot of coaching, which is probably good too because okay. you know, he, yep. he's he's been coaching all the these guys, you know, the Zombie, Davis and Figueredo, Zongwei Lee, John Jones even. Like John Jones came to Arizona yep. to work with him. And I actually think like I've always felt like a fighter who also coaches, you know, like Mike Malott and like these other guys, like Matt Brown mm-hmm. have been, like James Krause. I think they're better fighters because of being coaches, coaches and, uh, and yeah, maybe.
0: That, that and the analyst stuff, like like D- Dominic Cruz, when he took two years off. Yeah. And then he comes back and he looked as good as ever, you know, so. Um, we also got Nate Diaz. We talked a bit about this last week. Not, not anything really new, but he had a meeting. Yeah, we talked about
1: it last week. I knew about it it when we recorded it. So is this the same thing we talked about already? Yeah, we did, but Dana... Dana, okay. Dana brought it up. He confirmed that they had a meeting. He says, he basically just said, I don't know where we where we stand right now. So hmm.
0: that's that. So we're still, we're still waiting. Um, and uh, we've got um, Zhang Weili and Joanna Yunjacek, a uh, uh, rematch of the fight just before the pandemic. So a little over two years ago now, um, they are uh, booking that fight for UFC 275 in Singapore currently scheduled for five rounds, but Dana white is considering making it or for-, for three rounds, but Dana white is considering making it a, a five round non-title fight.
1: Yeah. Uh- Whenever they announced the card for Singapore and we talked about how they said we talked about when when they said that they were going to whenever rumors were that they were going to show in Singapore, we were talking about how this fight made sense, if it was going to happen to happen there, just because it it felt like Waylee was somebody they would want to get on that card. Uh, But yeah, it was It's currently scheduled for three rounds. Uh, Oscar Willis from the Mac life, uh, he asked Dana about making about it, possibly being a five round and Dana is now considering it. If they're going to do that five round route, I wouldn't put it on this, put it on that card. I would just put it as a headliner of another show because you already have two title fights and three, five round fights. I mean, they've done it before, but that makes for another long, long day, long night, all that, all that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it, you know, put three. I would never do three five round fights on a card. I think you can spread it out a little bit more, especially, especially considering you have Robert Whitaker and Marva Vittori on the card as well. So,
0: yeah, that's so, going to go
1: five. What's a, what's the other one? Well, you have the two title fights, Vittori and Whitaker. Yeah, what's the other rounds. title fight? Vittori. And oh, Whitaker's okay. What's so? What's rounds. the what's the what are the two title fights? Glover to and Yuri Prochaska, and Valentina Shevchenko and Tyler oh, Santos. Oh, the, you know
0: those. Those could end early. Yeah. Both those fights could uh, end I'm early. I'm just saying,
1: on but, principle. On principle yeah, yeah, I know. Dude.
0: I know what you mean. I know what sure, you mean. And, and yeah, I mean, the last thing we want to see is another, like, what we had this week. I don't know why it was so long. Because we we've, feels like we've had shows like that before. And they haven't been as long as this. I don't know if it yeah. was. Well, they had the announcement of the um, the show started late. I know when I turned on the pay-per-view, they were still doing the prelims. Yeah. Um, yeah and then they, they had the announcement of the Hall of Fame. Oh, we should have mentioned that, actually. Yeah. Well, that can be next. The, the Hall of Fame fight. uh Hesop Choi. Did
1: you get that Choi. name right?
0: Duho Choi. Duho Choi. Duho Choi and Cub Swanson. Sop Choi remember is this a fight. baseball player. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, baseball in the brain these days. Um, and Cubs Swanson. So that was on the undercard of the uh, of a Holloway fight in Toronto, right? The main, card um, the main card of UFC
1: 206. It was a... Uh, F- Holloway Aldo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Holloway Pettis. Yeah. Pettis, Pettis, but, Pettis. Oh but that, right, right, right. But that show, that that was an absolutely memorable fight between Swanson and the Korean Superboy. It was voted fight of the year. Fight of the year for that year that you're not in the Observer Awards, but in everything, uh, everything else. They even, the fight was so great that I remember, remember the, this was in the UFC was still with Fox, how they, they rushed to put that show on on Christmas day, like three weeks later. Christmas Christmas day, one of the two, one of the two, and it got huge ratings and it was it was on the strength of that fight and also the Cerrone Matt Brown fight with that finish. But, uh, but mainly because they They did, yeah, they, Mainly they because did like they wanted, four million viewers for yeah, that show, didn't yeah. Mainly because like they want, yeah. yeah. Mainly because they wanted to see, they wanted people to see cup Swanson and Do Ho Choi, and it was a classic fight. It was it was fantastic, and and uh, and I like the fact that they're doing doing it because cups want you know. There's so many names that are going to go in in like the Pioneer era, in the modern era wing, and I think cup Swanson's a guy who won't ever get in one of those. But I think he deserves to have a little bit of recognition for his career in a Hall of Fame kind of kind of way because they don't have a physical hall of fame, so it's not like, you know, you can get memorabilia in there, like, you know, some some baseball player who's who who had a great year or great moments but is not good enough for the Hall of Fame. At least like he sends, you know, baseball bats and stuff to the Hall of Fame and there's a little bit of a recognition yeah. for there like at least there's gonna be a little bit of recognition for Cub Swanson because he's he's had a great career and he kind of de- and he kind of deserves to have
0: a little bit of recognition for that and I'm glad this fights that maybe right that's out. how a guy maybe that's how a guy like Jim Miller gets in I mean maybe he gets in anyway I think but, Jim Miller can you know, let like anyway, put in one of his but, classic fights but like, yeah, this, like,
1: how, like, like this is like how plays this is like how Guida and Diego Sanchez or you know and Stefan Bonner Bonner guys who yeah. are, who aren't Hall of Fame, yep. Fame fighters, but they had they had a fight or a moment that you know
0: should be at least recognized in it. Leonard Garcia and the Korean Zombie. Yeah, you know, at some point should should go in. Actually, that one really should. I don't know why it's not already. That uh, that fight should be in the Hall of Fame. Because, because, that was a big fight. That was an important fight.
1: Yeah, it's just because they've only they put want... UFC fights in it, not a WEC fight.
0: Oh, so. okay. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that makes yeah, that explains it. But I mean it was kind of a UFC I mean, it was in the UFC time slot and yeah, it was uh that was a weird <laughs> one. But I to me that's a Hall of Fame fight. But I mean, even the you know, they could even put Pettis. I mean, if they if they open up for W E C they could put Pettis um uh show like the Showtime kick fight in there too. Pettis Henderson uh from W E C. that's a Hall of Fame fight. But um okay, and then uh we've got touring. Um there's there's talk of Boston, New York, Dallas, Austin, Salt Lake City, Seattle, Toronto, even back to the U.K. Uh, They look like they're getting ready to go back on the road and maybe as soon as June, but definitely July. Yeah. I mean, I don't
1: know that it's going to be like 100 percent like no apex. I I honestly feel like there's probably going to be a handful of shows at the apex per year, every year going forward. I kind of hope not, but they kind of just see they kind of just seem determined to make that a thing kind of like back in the day you know what's uh, funny kind of back i, in the I day, gotta say this like, back in the day how the fight I nights gotta, were. real quick let me i'll go ahead and finish this for, yeah yeah go ahead kind of like back in the day of of early days of the fight nights where they were at like the hard rock or the or the red rock or the palms there in vegas so but anyway
0: so when i was doing i think it was the um the year in review uh, in 2020, so this is like right in the middle of the pandemic, with Josh Nason on the Wrestling Observer site, and him and I talked, and and I said I think the UFC is going to keep running shows out of the Apex, and and you messaged me afterwards, no way they're not going to do that, that's stupid, and you're right, <laughs> I mean it is stupid, but they're doing it. <laughs> um, for me, it just felt like they were going to do it. Like I don't, you know, just you know, I guess they're saving money. Like I don't know. I I still think. I still think they make more money on the road like. but I mean with all these tickets they're selling I guess eventually they're not going to be selling out every single show like they are now But they, they, um, they do make more money on the road it just seems like now
1: that they've had all these shows in the apex it feels like they're, deter- they're determined to want to have some shows in the in the apex okay. every year. Yeah. Which which I personally feel like is wrong because I yeah. mean it's you're right. Not, it's not a fun environment. I don't think they're gonna sell a whole lot of tickets because Because even like all those shows that they had at, you know, the joint or the pearl at the palms and all that, at least those were like on the strip or, you know, strip adjacent. The Apex is a chore to get to. Get to. I mean, you're having to take cabs, Ubers, or drive. You know, you can't, it's not like, it's not like you can just walk from, you know, walk from, you know, like even at, you know, lately they they had done shows at the Cosmopolitan, and you could even do shows at the Park MGM, Park GM at the Park Theater, Park Theater. But the thing about those shows, and even doing shows at the T Mobile, T Mobile, you could stay at any place on the Strip and just walk to it. This one, you're having to make try,
0: you know, make. You know, you know that get, Cosmo, get that, that Cosmo venue that they used yeah. used to run Invicta in, and they did a few UFC shows, or at least one. That was a perfect venue for a small show. And now, it's, and they could probably charge super high ticket prices, and
1: yeah, and they could probably charge the know, same prices that they're going to charge at the Apex, but you'll get more traffic because because people can walk. They don't yeah. have to. They don't have to get a cab or get an Uber or rent a vehicle to go to drive out there it's on the strip and they you can,
0: can duck out and go play blackjack for half an hour during yeah. the uh, Raquel Pennington fight yeah uh, you know <laughs> yeah the Cosmo would be a
1: perfect venue especially now that MGM owns the Cosmo and they have you know yeah. the working relationship with the MGM oh so, I didn't know that well yeah I, I mean that. they have it they and have I'm agreements g- that's why all their shows are at MGM properties so uh,
0: no I didn't know they bought the Cosmo I, Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm gonna be there and uh yeah, be there in, uh, yeah. Well, it okay, was one month? of those like
1: lease back things that's been going on in Vegas for a bunch of these okay. high level casinos. But uh, yeah. yeah, Tropicana got bought out by Bellagio, I think, or something. Well, Bellagio is um, GM, but Tropicana got brought out by, oh. I forget who, I don't know if it was, uh might have been Bally's
0: or something like that. Bally's, you're right. Yeah, uh, that's Caesars, what it was. Caesars, yeah. yeah. Caesars. Yeah. Because uh, so they're all yeah everything's getting bought up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anything else in the news you want to get into? Uh, oh, the UK stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, but anyway, back on the traveling. Back on the traveling thing because we got in a rant okay. on, on 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 it. But uh, yeah, they brought up Dana. Dana specifically mentioned uh, yeah, Boston, New York, Dallas, Austin, Salt Lake City, Seattle, Toronto. Uh, I had heard about Austin doing a, doing a fight night show in June there that's i mean it's not official it's just okay. rumors there's a there's a new arena that they built on the campus of uh university of texas that's opening like literally like within the next two weeks so they're gonna they want to do a show at that one dallas we already is already on the books for ufc 277 we've talked about that it's uh it's everything but announced that's that's happening boston dana's been talking about boston boston since you know since they started talking about doing show shows arena it's just it's not a matter of if but when uh new york obviously new york, new york obviously november MSG, right obviously msg salt lake city's an interesting one because uh, they won't they've only done one event there but uh yeah, I mean, and then Seattle they haven't been to in a while. While in the, Toronto, they're talking about more so in the fall, but I could see them going to Canada quite a few quite a few times. Uh, uh, Australia is is a no go right now because Dana Dana said uh, Australia Australia is still so up in the air that they don't they don't want the risk of running the show there and it being shut down. Uh, it looks like Mexico is still a no go right now. I uh, don't know about Brazil. I mean, if they could. Honestly, if they can do, if they can be able to run shows in Canada, and Brazil, and Mexico, they have enough places overseas to where they can honestly go back touring full time, even without having to worry about Australia or New Zealand, because there's uh, I yeah. think anywhere and, and there's Europe. Yeah, yeah, I think anywhere you know in that and it, you know we talked about it too. Like it's kind of talked about last week about the UK looking looking like they're going back to the UK possibly in July. But you know they got they got all those European countries countries are open for open for business. I mean cool they can't they can't go anywhere they can't go to Australia right now but where they can go and they talked about it is France. That's a complete new market. So just just yep. you know, replace replace oh, Australia and New hey. Zealand for right now with you know France and these other places you can't go you can go back there's enough Countries and cities and every state has dropped regulations in the US and everywhere in Canada is dropped reg- regulations. I mean I mean, there's enough places to where
0: there's no it's now there's no excuse to not going back full time touring. Put Cyril Gone in the headline fight in France and yeah, you you got a five million dollar gate right yeah. there. Um, you know, even Francis and Gano probably do good numbers there. Um uh all right. So yeah, that's uh that yeah, that pretty much covers all the touring. Um was there any other news before uh we wrap this uh, uh, sucker up? No, and really there
1: wasn't no? any any real fight announcements to go over this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at them. I mean <laughs> I you know what? We we can we'll have fun with Andre Arlovsky and Jake Collier. Um that's that might be the biggest one. Oh, Kyle Daukas. In, and Roman DeLidze. I feel like that fight was already made. But Andre Arlovsky, is, that's just in a couple weeks. So uh, him and Jake Collier. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: Collier was supposed to fight Justin Taffa, but Taffa pulled out and Arlovsky's taking the fight on short notice. So, yeah, that's,
0: uh, that. you know what? Like, if if Jake Collier gets a win there, I mean, that's a... That's a really cool story. I'm sorry, so we might end up talking about that one uh, a little bit uh, when that happens. And even you know, uh, no matter who wins, I think it's a good story because Arlovsky is just his career renaissance is something else. And and I say it every mo- every week or every time he fights. But um, I think he's better now than he was in his prime. Yeah. Um, you know, he's you better that, fighter. It's just it's, everyone else is so much better. You say it every time he fights because
1: he and it feels like you're saying it often because lately he's been feels like he's been fighting every two or <laughs> three months. So. And yeah, you know this is like Don, Donald Cerrone back in the yeah, day. Yeah, he's he's um, you know he you know he's fighting all the time at age forty three. I guess he's trying to. You know, I guess he knows his time's coming up, coming up, and he wants to you know cash out.
0: Did we did we ever get that? Uh, and we probably did, but the Arlovsky uh, Olenek fight. No, I don't know that it would happen because
1: they're they're technically teammates. Teammates at American top team, but that would be just. I mean, if I mean, Olympic just fought Arlovski fights in a couple weeks. Yeah. If Arlovski wins, maybe, maybe we might get it. Who knows? That would be that could be their retirement fight.
0: Yeah, you know, the two of them a against each retirement other, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, okay so I guess that's just about to do it and uh, you know what we're it's it's amazing how this happens every time you know I I I take a look at the clock every once in a while and and we always seem to wrap it up right around the 90 minute mark so that that's a good that's a good time to to wrap it up so um, Ryan, will ha- you'll have your um, your Observer coverage of UFC 273 uh, this week in The Observer. I look forward to reading that uh, every week, your UFC coverage. It's always top-notch. And uh, you can check out you know, the Monday morning roundup column. I just retweeted that before we started recording. Um, and then, uh, obviously, you'll have your preview of this uh, huge card. Do you do – you- you just do the UFC, right? You're not going to preview the Bellator.
1: No, I'm just going to do the UFC, and I'm—I'll be honest, I'm so far behind on ever on everything. It's going to be a tight window this week for me. For me, so the preview might be a little, a little like, a little like this card, a little lackluster. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. I, uh, I actually, the last two weeks, I mean, I was traveling, uh, two weeks ago and then last week I was kind of recovering from traveling. So I didn't get my ratings columns up. So I got to make sure and do that this week because, uh, actually, you know, it's kind co- of an interesting weekend in ratings, uh, for wrestling. So I'll have that up on, uh, fr- Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, and then, of course, you can uh, check out Ryan's coverage uh, of the uh, UFC show on WrestlingObserver.com and Twitter. Um, you know, Follow both of us. We'll have our thoughts and uh, you can interact with Ryan. Just be respectful. And, uh, and then we'll be back next week uh, recapping hey, all at the least stuff on the that happened on this, the screen, this coming weekend pictures, and looking so ahead to the next week, the two big Bellator shows yeah it's getting better it's uh, at least i won't
1: get harassed about it's more harassed just like of of my picture coming up if my name and my tweet comes up i don't think yeah. it's quite as bad but they cha- did you notice they they changed it hey eh? yeah I don't yeah that's are showing the
0: pictures anymore
1: they aren't showing the pictures that's yeah. what i was that's what i was talking about i kind of yeah.
0: broke up for for man yeah but yeah the, they changed the, the you ufc never had new that, graphics like- yeah i was going to mention that and i just completely slipped my mind but i kind of like them i normally don't like change but i kind of dug the the new graphics and uh you know all around the really heavy emphasis on the betting stuff if you notice yeah Um, it's funny that you said you normally don't like change i know you you hate change (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i like this change i i really did like i love the little tidbits that they would throw in there yeah. like oh uh so and so is three and one as a favorite in ufc uh you know this is the first time so and so has been an underdog and all this stuff it was really cool i love that stuff so uh keep it up hopefully they hopefully they keep doing it uh so for ryan i've been paul and ryan take us home like you always do i right, hope everybody enjoyed the
1: show uh have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend.
0: A later.